Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Steve Napolitan. Steve has been known for designing new media campaigns to generate massive amounts of leads that turn into revenue, including the viral campaign for taxbrain.com, which generated 3 million unique visitors to their website in three weeks. The social media campaign for the city of Tracy's Auto Mall, which generated $19.2 million in revenue, and some other incredible campaigns for Apple, Intel, Charles Schwab, Nestle, and many others. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. It's my pleasure, Seth. Thanks for having me. All right, let's go back in time a little bit. How, I know you weren't always a pioneer and new media expert. How did you get started? Well, I actually went to film school and then through that, while I was trying to make feature films and all which I did do, I was creating productions for companies and we actually started with a training video with Nestle and then they liked it so much. They're like, hey, do you do marketing? And then that's where we did our first 30 second spot. And so it started in the 90s with those old 30 second spots on television. That's how we did it. That is awesome. All right. So what you obviously have, and we couldn't even get through them all in one interview, quite a few winning campaigns and winning is an understatement. What do you think it is about what you do that's different and makes it stand out so much and get noticed? You know, uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I've been asked this a lot. And the thing that I think is is the most is is really getting into the client, their, who they are, the customer and the client. And I think, you know, we look at demographics, and but I think going deeper has what made the difference. And I'd say if I could give one thing, it's the actual language. So we find sometimes, and I found this coming out of film school, I'm super creative, right? And we want to make epic movies of ads. Ads, and so we're making these ads and then they don't hit the mark. And what changed my life was when I started realizing I wasn't saying it the right way. And I mean, literally, if someone says red, I'm going to say red, not maroon. If that's the shade of red that I want, I get so literal with the words and it actually takes some of the creative away, but then I'm hitting it right for the customer. So they feel like, wow, this, this company knows me. And so it's being very literal around the language. That's what made the biggest difference in my, in my life. All right. Now, you've also coached and trained over 35,000 professionals and telling, teaching them how to increase marketing and sales while systemizing their businesses to minimize their effort and maximize revenue. So that's, let's also unpack that a little bit. 
how are you, those things seem like they would be diametrically opposed, right? Increase sales, work, make more work less. How does that dichotomy work? Well, that came from me being a workaholic and trying to figure out how the heck do I do all this? And, you know, it really starts with with a container. And what I mean by that is when we don't allow for restraint, then we'll take up every minute of our day. So when I work with executives and companies and they might be doing some very powerful things and making things move, but they allow it to consume all of their time. So when we actually say, hey, I only want to work this many hours and then we ha- we're forced to be, and this is where the creativity comes in. So all that creativity I used to use in my ads that I stopped doing, I started putting it into how can I make more revenue in less time. And the first step is to actually set the parameter and then figure out how to fit it in. Because if you actually let it spill out everywhere, you're actually, there's there's no strategy in that. So really restricting that. And then it comes down to how do, can we be really, really, really strategic? And the three words that came that I'm always thinking about is what can I eliminate what can I delegate and what can I automate? And, and now with all the technology, as you know, and with all the global workforce, we've been able to actually dramatically increase revenue while reducing the work hours just by building in those strategies. I mean, and that's obviously surface level. We can go yeah. deep in a lot yep. of those areas. Let's unpack but, that. Yeah. Because uh, a longer version of that could probably fit, probably a whole separate course could probably fill a book. So you said delegate, automate, eliminate. So let's go through those three. Okay, let's do it. Right, so, so, well, you know, so the thing that I I start with is by reflecting, and, and these things are so simple. I have to I have to digress for one second. They're so simple that a lot of us don't do it. And so, the first step that helped me the most was to actually create a time to reflect. So, at the end of every day, I give myself five minutes to basically kind of look at the reflect on the day, what worked, what didn't work, and most executives and you know c-level executives entrepreneurs that I work with we end up putting too much on our our schedule you know we like oh, i want to do everything and we put it all on there which actually inhibits this success because it's actually overwhelming in the subconscious brain uh this gets a little bit into mindset it actually gets triggered and it's like oh i can't do it and we actually start self-sabotaging ourselves because we feel like we're not enough whether you feel that like acutely or not you're leaving not having finished everything so the first step is to right size the bites and i always tell people this metaphor if you took a bite of food and you almost choke you're like oh oh my gosh and you're trying to chew and swallow you're probably not going to take the same size bite on the next bite. But entrepreneurs and C-level executives, we do that every day. We stuff our mouth trying to chew it all. And that actually doesn't work with our mindset. So in the first step, we actually figure out how many tasks and depend, and it varies, you know, some tasks you could do 20 because it's really small and some it's like one because it's so gigantic. And that one might even have to get broken up into subtasks. And so then once we have that, then we look at what are those priorities? And, and so that would be the second step. So the first step is right-sizing it. The second step is prioritizing. Now here's where it gets into those eliminate, delegate, automate. We start thinking, well, I want to get all of this done, but I can't. So then we have to look at, and, and the first one I do look at is eliminate. It's so interesting. Like I thought there's nothing I want to eliminate when I first heard these kind of ideas. And then I started looking, I'm like, wait a minute, why am I doing that? Why am I going to go wash my car today? Is that really a priority? Like, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to delegate that today. I'm just going to eliminate it because it's not even necessary. And there are simple things that we get into habits and then we think we have to do it. But I want you to ask yourself every day, 
what can I eliminate? And when I did that every day, there was times that I went 30 days asking myself, what can I eliminate? And then something that I was doing for 30 days, I thought I had to do. I finally go, wait a minute, especially when I'm being very tight on my time, mind you. Remember, I'm only giving myself so much time. So I'm like, you know what? Then you start eliminating a little bit uh, more because you find that. And then I'll quickly jump to the second one, delegate. Now, by doing that little meeting with myself at the end of every day for that five minutes, now I can say, oh, I do need to get this done and this this needs to get done, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to send this over to so-and-so. Now, even if you don't have employees, you can look up, you can get contractors or, you know, there's so many people out there looking for work in the world. You know, there's so many uh, great websites you can look up for outsourcing and all these things. You can find that. And if you have staff, then you want to delegate these things and then teach them to do the same thing so they can prioritize just the same way you're doing. And then the third one takes a little bit more time, the automation. But there are so many things that we do. And even just one, let's say there are so many people still booking things on their calendar without having a calendar automated service. Like, you know, that, that's just ridiculous. Even if you hire, a, you know, an assistant to be doing all that back and forth, can you do five o'clock? No, four o'clock. And we're doing all this back and forth when that could actually, you don't even need to hire someone for that. So that's easily automated. And then one other that's a big one is, is customer service. We bring someone on and then we don't have an onboarding sequence and all of that can be automated. I mean, there's so many I'm just touching on, but you start looking at the things like, let's say someone, you brought on a new customer and now you're booking a phone call to talk to them. Is that phone call necessary or could you have sent a series of emails or text messages that could be automated to make them feel super pampered and probably even giving a better service than you trying to fit that phone call in. So when I you know, you know me, I'm trying to truncate this because I teach this over days. But the idea is that we really, the main thing I think you want to take away is every day you're looking and reflecting and then asking yourself those three questions. What can I eliminate? What can I delegate? What can I automate? So then every day you're loosening up your calendar for the highest priority. And when I'm doing what's most important for my talents, my genius, like, you know, what they say in strength finders, finding your strength and pushing everything else anywhere else that can be done efficiently, then I'm so much farther ahead. That is awesome. And I know you could do a multi-day seminar on what you just jam-packed <laughs> into 10 minutes. So oh my gosh. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. You talk a lot about wanting to have more life. What does more life mean? More life is just more choice, I guess I would put it, because everyone has their choice. So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you shouldn't work so much. If you really like your work, and I also got into that trap because I am passionate about my work, it's easy for me to pour in hours. But here's the deal. I have other things that I really love, like my family, like travel. There are things that I want to have in my life. And I don't want to wake up as an old man and go, oh, I built these businesses and I really did good in business, but I miss this and I miss that. And if you look at a lot of the people that were high achievers, many of them on their deathbed said, I wish I would have had a little bit more time with my family. I wish I would have done this. And you hear that over and over. And I think our elders have some wisdom there that we should be listening to. So the more life to come back to the question, is I am choosing to live in every decade of my life. It's not okay with that old adage of like, okay, I'm going to work really hard and then I'm going to, at some age, I'm going to retire and then live my life. Because when we're up in age, there are things that we won't do that we would do in our 30s, our 40s, our 50s. You know, every decade 
life is going to change. So what I'm saying is let's work, let's make money, let's do business. Let's actually even have more business, but let's be really strategic about it. So I can actually have some enjoyment in other areas that I really love. And if you really think about that, any of anybody listening right now, if you think about write down like some of the five biggest things in your life, and I'll bet you they're not all business. Now, if they are, and that's what you want, be happy, be happy, you know? Do what you that, that is beautiful. What are some of the biggest challenges you see executives um, and business owners running into when they're trying to add more life back into their life and this stuff gets in the way? So many layers on that one too, brother. The thing that I noticed first off is that, you know, guilt can come in, like, especially when you start with the CEO and then they're, they've had this precedence of working really hard and then they're not working as hard. It does ripple through the organization because then they feel guilty that they're out playing. Um, but then when they realize that they're so much more efficient, like I had one CEO come back from Europe. He just had taken a holiday and he, he used to not take that many holidays. And he's like, I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I feel so refreshed. I'm making better decisions. I'm, you know, all the work that I am doing is like so much stronger. It's so awesome. And, uh, and, and he had already told me about a little bit of the guilt. And I said, well, what if all of your team worked in this manner? And then it started to dawn on him that everyone in his, his company can do this. And, and now this is continually rippled. So just one other, so I had a company from last year during 2020 that we actually, so during all this craziness, we, they went from 42 million to 57 million. So 15 million increase, almost 30%. And then they reduced work hours significantly. The two founders were working 80 plus hour work weeks and we got them down to 40, but then we rippled that through the whole organization so that everyone was working about 40 hours a week, which was unheard of in their business. And that was during growing 15 million. So, so with that, you can see how at first it's, it's a lot of mindset. I would say the biggest hurdle, like that guilt I'm talking about and all these things is, can we do this? Because we've been trained so much, no pain, no gain. And then when it doesn't hurt as bad, you're like, whoa, is something wrong? And so we're constantly working on the mindset and the belief that it is okay to, to do this and enjoy enjoy life. So it's it's a reset. A last story on this, just to kind of hit it. I, you know, I had a, a woman that was running her business. When she met me, she pretty much literally got up and went to work, and then she worked until she couldn't anymore, and she went to bed, and that was her life. And last, you know, so now I've been working with her a couple of years. So even during last year, during 2020, she grew significantly, hired more staff. And uh, she had called me some days and said, Steve, I'm just sitting at my computer. Like I've actually delegated everything. I don't have any work, but I don't want to leave my computer. I have this some weirdness. Like I feel weird leaving my darn computer. So we had to work on her mindset so she could be okay. And she's a grandmother. So she had worked many years like this long. And so now she has uh, granddaughter days and like she's just off and her business continues to grow. And so it just was, and I can't get into all the mechanisms. Each person's mindset's different. So it gets a little bit into psychology, which I never thought, Seth, that I would be inside. I go from filmmaking to marketing, which has a little bit of psychology. I was in say it. marketing is behavioral psych and math. It's two it, things. It, so I never knew like that I would be in psychology, but here I am. <laughs> that is awesome. I, you know, I remember Russell Brunson telling me a story how he went through a process similar to this. And then during a launch, he was literally laying on a beanbag chair in his office and then wandering around. And somebody asked him, why are you wandering around? He's like, uh, I think everybody else is doing everything. I don't know what I need to do. I, I feel weird, but I just feel like I need to be here. So yeah. 
I, I totally understand where that woman was coming from. And that's awesome what you were able to do to help her. Who is an ideal client for you now? You know, I've helped, you know, I've helped startups all the way up to, to billion dollar companies I've had the opportunity to work with. And I, I found that uh, what I'm really focusing on right now is those businesses that have reached that $10 million mark. And the reason uh, that they want to go and reach the hundred million and, and plus. And what I find is that there's a certain level of systems that go into play to get to 10 million, just period. And so then with the tools that I have, I can tweak things much faster. So that's why that is that sweet spot because then I come in, dial in a few things and like that company I was telling you about that went from 42 million to 57 million, those big jumps happen because they already have layers of systems. I don't have to create those. Now I've helped a lot of businesses reach a million and I've helped the million to $10 million businesses, but I can tell you there's a hell of a lot more work because we have so many, because at that range from, from wherever you are to 10 million, it's all about inventing systems, you know, so that you can then, then grow. So I would say very succinctly. 10 million plus is our most ideal. And then the million to 10 million is secondary. I do enjoy those. They're really rewarding when you help someone at a million graduate to 10 million. It's, it's, and there is rewards in that. So I would say, but that, that would be secondary. Yeah. That is awesome. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you do? You know, remember when I said I was super creative with filmmaking? I never realized that writing a script and making a film is like writing a business plan and creating that business. So I love the creation. I love, it's like I said, the reason I still work with million dollar businesses and help them grow is that I love seeing that growth. So I think that is probably my my biggest thing is, is working with someone, either whether I'm inventing it and creating it or I'm working with someone and guiding them. But either way, creation seeing an idea come to life that lights me up the most and it's crazy i can just talk about business it gets me so excited because it's so strategic so strategy is a big part of my life too i love seeing the problem the challenge and, and uh, i guess the secondary part of creation is also all the troubleshooting right and so that lights me up solving problems awesome for our folks who want to learn more about who you are and what you do where is the best place for them to go well, I always tell people stevenopolitan.com. That's N-A-P-O-L-I-T-A-N because then you can reach any of our social media channels and you can choose your flavor because you know some of us like LinkedIn, some want to be on Instagram. So when you go to stevenopolitan.com, you can go there and I have a bunch of free stuff as well, like you know guides. And, and remember how I was telling you about finding the right language? That's one thing. I call it the clear path to customers and I give that away for free on my, on my website. It's it's the questions that I ask the customer so that we can find the exact language to put in the ads. And, and that's something that's created millions and millions of dollars for myself and my clients. And I've chose, I asked all my clients, Seth, I said, what's the most valuable thing? And they said it was this, how to find wow. that language. And I was like, okay, we're going to give that away. <laughs> so I, that you know, give the biggest thing away, right? What are we taught as marketers? Give the biggest thing away. And then they're like, wow, if you give that away, what do you do when you, when, when I pay you? <laughs> So. Yes, you moved the free line for sure. That's what um, we did. That is awesome. What else do you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? You know, I guess I would say, you know, one of those things going back to how do I gain my life? I created this thing called plan my fun first. 
plan my fun first. And it's, uh, it's one of the biggest things I teach. And it's the thing that helps create a mechanism. So we do leave work, no matter how passionate we are. If I go take dance classes with my wife, and I have a date, then you, you better bet I'm going to leave, right? If I, if I make a date with my daughter, I'm not going to break her heart and not show up. So my suggestion is for those of us that have trouble leaving work, plan something. Because it's, if you say, oh, I'm just off work at five, then, you know, you might say, oh, I could do one extra hour or something like that. But if you have a plan, so if you want to learn piano, book piano class uh, lessons, you know, whatever it is, book something. And I got this from uh, Zig Ziglar, and it's not one of his famous speeches, but it's called his Acapulco story. And he tells someone, hey, I have two tickets to Acapulco, and then, but we have to leave at eight in the morning the next day. And then he asked people what they have to do. And it's like a laundry list of all the things they have to do. Get someone to watch their dog. We get someone to watch their kids and ah, da, 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 da. And he's like, are you going to get all that done? And they're like, absolutely. And then he goes, how can we get all that done when we're going to go on a holiday, but we can't do that on a regular day? Right. And then that's, that's when the aha moment, I said, whoa, plan the fun, plan the vacation, plan the thing. And then you're going to get a ton of work done before you have to leave. And you don't have to do it when you're going to Acapulco. You can do it on a daily basis just by having dinner with your wife. That is awesome. Uh, worth the price of admission right there. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Steve Napolitan. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.